Hello and Happy New Year to all the Potters Podcast listeners. And we're back with an FA Cup tie with Brighton. Now, let's all remember before we start jumping the gun, Brighton are a top Premier League team that play in Europe, as people have been getting a little bit nasty online, and I don't know why. I'm joined by Angela. Hello, Ange. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm sorry I sound upbeat, because that's the first loss we've had for our new head coach, Stephen Schumacher. Yeah, first defeat for the man. You can't really blame him. I thought we held his own quite well in that game, to be honest, which we're obviously going to go into later on. I think it was a tale of two halves again, Auntie. And Schumacher, to his credit, has brought that up. That we don't seem to be fit enough and he's working hard on trying to change that. Yeah, look, the way he wants to play is um, completely different than the way we've played for, for, the past, for, for a long time. Um, so, for me, I thought it was a free hit yesterday. I know that a lot of people um, felt the same as me. He won't have, the players won't have. I just felt, to be honest, that, and I know we're going to come on to it, I felt that they could have always found another gear. And it was only when they needed to that they just decided to, to go up a gear. So, it just to me, it showed how far, and I'm not being negative, I'm being a realist, how far we have fallen in the last six years because there wasn't so long ago probably what seven or eight years ago at the most we'd have played a team like brighton which we did they'd have been championship we'd have laughed we'd have thought we battered them we were in the same league as them yesterday i mean quite literally they were way better than us and that's what worries me but we'll come on to that when you've done your ramblings well, the ramblings are very important, times. The people like to hear them, but there isn't a lot. We're going to go into the match stats now. 69% possession to Brighton to our 31. Shots they had 15 to our 8. Shots on target 7 to our 5. Corners they had 8. We had 2. Fouls we won again, 13 to 8. We were completely outclassed by this team. We, we, I mean, when you look at the ability they've got with players like Joe Pedro, and many other players in that side. To be fair, like you said, we were outclassed. I thought we held firm in a lot of that game, to be honest. Yeah, look, they held firm, and I thought it was a very good showing from us. I thought that the players gave it their all. To me, what epitomised how hard they tried was when poor old Bay John Ho had worked his guts out, and then they get the third goal, and then the fourth, and he lies on his back, and uh, he just looks so disappointed about how we how we done but yeah it was we were outclassed absolutely outclassed yeah, there's no question that. So we go into debut boy only just signed two days and we'll discuss him after in transfer windows. Iverson. Iverson as we have to call him and we were told that before the game yesterday. I suppose his son arriver. I actually thought his kicking was ropey and I know he hasn't played this season and I'm just giving an opinion on yesterday, I think he's a, a good signing. But on yesterday, I thought his kicking was iffy. Whether that'll get better or not, I don't know. And I personally thought he could have done better with the first-headed goal, so their third goal. But he's a good acquisition. And you just... I actually felt sorry for uh, Jack Bonham yesterday because unless Iverson gets injured, I don't think he'll play again this season. But that's not class football, and he would have expected that, I think. Yeah, it is a shame for Jack Bottom. His inconsistent form means he has to be dropped. It was, I mean, look how quickly we've acted on a goalkeeper. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about with no, him... No, no, hang on. Whoa, whoa, right. We haven't acted quickly on the goalkeeper. We've been after the goalkeeper for two seasons. No, but I mean, we've acted quick in the window. We've never normally this... In recent times, Andrew, we've never been this quick to bring a player right, in. Right, okay. okay. Let, let's be honest. I mean, normally it's the end of the window or middle... I mean, last last year it didn't take us like a month to bring all those players in. I mean, to yeah. get get it in five days and six days sorted. Yeah, I thought he played okay. I thought he, he made a great save from the McNally ricochet that flew, and he, I thought he reacted well. He, he's rusty. I'll give you that. He hasn't played all season, but you could tell he's tell he's a good leader. He made some good saves. Yeah, I think he was a little bit slow to react for the edit, which put them into the lead. We've got to give him a bit of time, Ante. He's only just come. He hasn't played all season. And he is a good goalkeeper. He's been... Preston wanted him permanently, didn't he? So, 
I'll give him a six. I'll give him a six also. Yeah, that, I think that's about fair. Right, so now we're going to Hoovy. I sometimes think he's much better forward than he is defender. But there were a couple of occasions where he came back, he cleared his lines. I'm going to give him a seven. I'll go over another six for Hoover. I thought he did all right. I thought attacking-wise, he did really well. He had a, a big, important role in the first goal, the own goal. He, I think that's a lot better for him, but he's got to learn. For me, the biggest issue I have with Hoover, he goes missing. And half the time, looking, going, Where, where's Hoover gone? And he's all over the place. He's got to knuckle down the position and realise that's where he's got to play. I think sometimes he tries to be too busy and it ends up going against him rather than better for him. But I, I can't knock him yesterday. I thought he put some good balls in. He got some good positions. Attacking-wise, though, <laughs> defensively, he was a bit wayward, but he was better than the last game. So I'll give him credit yeah. on that. Right, Michael Rose. Now, for me, Michael Rose is... I don't think he's the greatest, but I think he's pretty decent. Uh, he went off injured, so I'm going to give him a six. I'll go with a five for Michael Rose. I mean, I know he got injured, and I thought, to be fair, when we're a bit recently, he has been quite good. Because I mean, I mean, you ripped him off, didn't you, quite early on, Michael Rose? But I don't think I've ever ripped anybody off. This is you again. No, you Ange, come on. Off and then blame me. Come on, Ange. You know, you know, you mean, you know, you know, you said it. Right, but I thought he was good until he got the injury. I mean, I, it, I mean, it was a bit of a naughty little challenge that was from Fergus. I wanted it at the end now. Yeah, it wasn't nice at all. It, it, was, it was dirty, actually. To be honest, I, I could have seen a red card. For what we saw against Watford, I thought that was a red card for me. I think it was just, yeah. just naughty, wasn't it? Right, right around the back. Yeah, it but, was. But I, I think Rose has been solid. I'll give him his five, eight, six, sorry. I, it's a shame, but I'm, I'm just hoping he comes back as quick as possible. Right, returner yeah. from injury. And that is Ben Wilmot. He's back. We're, we're safe again. I wouldn't go that far. I thought, I thought he did okay. He's still obviously a little bit rusty, but he never shirks a challenge, does he, Ben Wilmot? He always gets stuck in. Um, so for that, I'm giving him a seven. Yeah, I'll give him a seven as well. I thought he did quite well because you know that's his first start since October. So it's been a long time, and he, yeah, he's rusty. He always will be when he's, he's got to get himself up match fit. But I'll be honest, there's some players in that team that have been playing since the beginning of the season and look just as fit, to be honest. And Schumacher did say that. I think he did some good work with one-on-ones. I think he's brilliant in that right centre-back role. I've said this before. I think if you put him there, he's a top defender in this league. It's when you start moving him around that's the fault. I thought he was a good leader at the back. I think he made a big difference against Brighton, he was up against quality players to be fair, and I think it was a little bit unfair to shove him in for that, to be fair, for that kind of game, you know, he hasn't played up since October I know we'll put him against one of the top teams in the Premier League Yeah, but he's going to have to get his fitness at some point, and I think, whatever we say, and however well we wanted the team to do it's a free hit yesterday, we weren't going to win that match yesterday, if we'd have played every fit and firing player we got which would probably get us up to 6 or 7 um, honestly, I thought he, I thought he had to play at some point, and I thought it was a fine, fine, fine for him to play. Well, that's your opinion, I'm sure I agree. But well, we're, I'm entitled to mine, even though you don't think I am, and even though you change it all the time. Well, your opinions are there. It's all. It, I mean, I can't say anything because, and it's all recorded. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Right. So now we move back to the man who's had the longest concussion in football in history. I think Larice retained. Yeah, I thought he did okay the first 15, 20 minutes, to be honest. And then he, he didn't want to come off, but you could understand why Stoke took him off because, again, they didn't want to take any risks with him. He was mortified he was coming off. But look, I, I thought he did okay while he was on. I don't think he's as great a player as we would have hoped for, but I'm going to give him a five. I'll give him a six, to be fair. I thought he made some good interchanges in midfield. He was trying to get back and support Hoover because he, of course, kept getting lost all the time. And I think he did a good job at that. The only problem with Larice yesterday, there was no end quality from anything he did. He, he's, he's good at the build-up. He's good at the knocking around. But when you ask him to put a beautiful ball into the box, he, he, he hadn't got it. He hadn't got the tools to create chances. Andrew. And I could understand why big clubs like in, well, big clubs in Italy have let him go. And, and to be honest, I, I mean, how much did we pay for Larice? I don't know. You never really know how much you pay for anybody, do you? But um, I don't know. I don't think it was a huge amount. But then 
I don't think it was cheap, cheap. So, listen, we've got what we've got. Money doesn't matter, does it? And I don't mean that nationally. I mean, the, the coach family can pay what they want. They probably paid over the odds for him because when anybody sees the coach checkbook, they always charge more. Uh, but I do, I will say that he's one of these players that if we were in a battle, and I still think we are, and we, we did need double hands to the pumps, he would be like Jacob Brown, not quite as good, he'd never give up for you and, and for that you've, you've got to be thankful with some of our players yeah I mean I, I don't mind him as a backup and as a spare part and stuff but if we really want to get promoted to the Prem we, we, we're going to need more quality there he, he's good at he's, he's good at what he does he's a nuisance he's good at breaking down the play he's good at getting into good positions he's got a good engine on him I'd probably say he's one of the fittest in the team but there's no quality there there was, there was a part in the first half where he got himself clear and he ended up passing it back to Uwe and then Brighton regrouped and I was thinking yeah. sorry mate you need to put that in the box if you want to be a top player you've either got to get in there and try and get a shot off or put a ball into the box I know Absolutely. I, I know the forward line leaves a lot to desire I'll be honest but you've still got to put the ball in if he, I mean if he put a good ball in and nobody was there I'd go well fair enough it's not his fault it's the people who he's crossing it to Right, now, he's back in the team again, Ange. Now, why is the big question that a lot of fans are asking, and it's Johnson. Well, he was in the team for two reasons, wasn't he? I think there were a couple of players, maybe two or three players in the team yesterday, to um, showcase themselves, because I think if he is going to bring anybody in, and there's lots of talk of him bringing in one midfielder, personally we need... Uh, a left back as far as I'm concerned and we also need a, a pacey striker um, DJ Daniel Johnson will be one of those players I think Stoke will um, let go, he isn't a wing back um, I think it was difficult for him because he seemed to be trying to stand as far away from his opponent as he could just to make certain he had a chance of getting the ball I didn't think he, I thought it was a rough on him being played in that position but he tried his best uh, I think his legs have gone, to be honest. I, I, I think he did very well to get... He's clearly, obviously, been quite friendly with Alex Neal in the past or had played exceptionally well for him. He always tries to look like he's doing something, but he doesn't have much effect on the game, so he's getting a five off me. I'll go in with a five as well. I, I mean, I could go harsh and go four, but he was out of position, so I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt there. I agree. He's, he's, I think he's done at this level now. Um, I mean, I spoke to a Preston fan. They said last year he was rubbish, and he, and he said yeah. he, he don't understand why Stoke have signed him unless Alex Neal well, was just thinking of bringing friends in to help his squad, you know, connect yeah, together. Well, you know, I, I don't know if he would bring. He obviously felt he had something, but for me, the one standout feature for the game yesterday was DJ was when he got in Hax's way when he was going to have that shot. Do you remember when the two of them mucked up that one chance they had? Yeah, uh, yeah. And DJ ran across. That is, to me, the, the biggest contribution he made to the game yesterday. So, as I say, I, I think his time's limited at Stoke. Who will take him, though? Because he will be on a good contract. He's on, I think, a four-year deal. Well, if he's on a four-year deal, then... Three to go. Who has done that? He's 30 anyway, isn't he? 31. I mean, I've heard it's two years. Um, I haven't heard well, it's three, four. He needs to leave, as far as I'm concerned. Much for his own career, as, as for Stoke City. But whether anybody will take him, who knows? He'd be a bit part player, I think, going forward. I mean, to be honest, I see him as a big liability. To be honest, when I was watching him when he came off, when he came on the uh, it switch, that's it. But he was he was just as bad against Watford, wasn't he? He kept passing the ball out and yeah. setting Watford yeah. up. He did it. He did it against Ipswich as well. And yesterday, like I say, he seems to be more of a. He seems to be like a goal blocker, stopping us from scoring but setting up the opposition. <laughs> he seems like a secret agent for Vale or something. <laughs> no, no. This is a Stoke podcast. Well, I'm just saying, well, we're not talking about them anyway. Right, now, for me, player of the season, Wouterberger. Well, listen, what a signing he's going to prove to be for Stoke. The amazing thing is that when you look back at the previous manager, he very quickly saw him as a sub and, and I find that Maybe it's just a style of play we have. But to me, yesterday proved that we have to, and I said this the last podcast, if you remember, 
if you can remember any of our podcasts Ian, that we have to enjoy him as long as we can because I don't think he'll be here more than a season. I think he'll be gone next season. I'd love to think he would stay with us and get us into the Premier League, but he's just getting better and better and he wasn't outclassed yesterday. For me, again, it was a very close thing between him and Bae Jun Ho, but I thought he was a man of the match. I just don't think he'll be with us next season. I think he'll go very early doors. And as a man of the match for me, he's getting an eight. Uh, he's getting a nine from me. I thought Berger was probably the best midfielder on the pitch, to be honest, which shines to me how good he is. I think he was better than their players, Ange, midfield-wise. He, I'd swap Joe Pedro for him any day. Well, he's a striker, Ange. Yeah, but still, still a player. <laughs> but I, I thought Berger was brilliant. I thought he was dropping back, supporting. And the problem is, I like how that system works yesterday in midfield. Which, for me, you've got to wonder where Ben Pearson's going to fit into this role now. Because Ben Pearson is literally a holding midfielder, that's it. But when Berger yeah. plays there, he picks up, drops deep, moves the ball forward, always makes the forward pass like he did yesterday. Brighton couldn't handle him. And no. I think they started targeting him actually after a while because he was he was so good in that role, and he, he gets a nine from me. Was, I thought he was brilliant. Right next now, the returning man, Louis Baker. Right, um, I don't know what to say. He was good. I do think he's got rocks of ability, and I know he's been out injured for a while. Somebody said to me yesterday, people listening to the podcast might might have heard it. Rob Adcock said he had a whisper that he was up to go if um, anybody wanted him. I can understand that. Uh, I still think there's a way to go for him. I, I would keep him in the squad and I will give him seven. I'll go with an eight for Bake yesterday. I thought he was really good attacking-wise and possessional-wise. And everybody knows I've I'd, I'd near enough cut ties with him. I thought I'd, I'd rather get rid of him. But a new manager's come in and he's, he's looking good already. I thought his forward passing was brilliant. I thought he was good in possession. He didn't waste it. His penalty was brilliantly struck. I thought he was a nuisance to Brighton most of the game. He's he's got to work on his on when he's when we're defending. That that's for me what he's got to work on. But other than that, I thought he was really good yesterday. I was really impressed. But I was impressed with the entire midfield against the Premier League team. I was impressed. And I've, since Schumacher's come in, I've been really impressed with the midfield. And if Baker carries on performing like that, I'd, I'd give him to the end of the season. I wouldn't be jumping the gun to give him a new contract like we've made so many mistakes on before. If he carries on playing like that, he's back in the team, isn't he? Well, hang on, hang on. While we're talking about Baker and the penalty, which was a good penalty because the keeper went the right way, I was amazed how many people wanted to take that penalty, which is something that would not have happened with the previous manager. Having said that, at the end of the game, Schumacher said that, that he had DJ as the designated oh, penalty God. taker, which which surprised me. But then DJ gave the ball to Lewis Baker because he wanted to integrate him back into the team. Now, that's what was said. Whether that's, listen, I don't fancy this, you miss it or you have a go, I don't know. But it was nice to see people fighting to take a penalty for Stoke and Baker hasn't let us down as he's pretty good with his penalties yeah he's, he's very good with his penalties isn't he I mean if you remember not too long ago Ange didn't we have some kind of championship record for penalty misses until Baker came in so yeah, we did so I, yeah I'll, I'll take it so Bajun how? now to me as I said it was a very close run thing between him and Wouter Berger I, I think he you can't say he had a decent game because he had a really good game. The one thing I think he loses out on is his physicality. And I don't know how much physically stronger he can get. But again, he's another one, I think. And if I think he'll go to a better team eventually in the next couple of years. And if we get a lot of money and we can replace him with another rough diamond, then that's brilliant. But we have to accept now that we are going to lose some of these better players because we are the sort of club now, however much money the owners have got, where players will want to go and test themselves at higher level. Um, I just love his stamina. I mean, if he if he gives up playing football, he can he can do ultra marathons because the guys the guys fit. Uh, and he typified how upset he was at the end when he, he lay on his back looking exhausted, but then got up and and put another shift in. So um, just not getting. Man of the match for me because Berger was so good. Seven and a half. 
pay eight for me, John Earl. I love him. I think with this kind of signing, I don't know why we don't go to Korea and start bringing a few more players in like like him. I mean, if we can get John Earl to come in, I think he was costly once. He was he three four million, but. Yeah, I think he was nearly four, but um, there again, you'll never know that. You'll never know what the actual costs are. But that's worth the money, Ange. I think that's more than value for money, because if we sell him, you're talking 20-odd million. So I, I can't knock it, and I think we should be hitting those markets now. I mean, like, let's be honest, Celtic having the, you know, the, that bit of a tin pot club up Scotland... They've they've took advantage of Asia because they bring brilliant attacking players through, and we've got his yeah. own here in Bajon. Now he's he never stops. He's like a tank engineer. Let's be honest, he's played so much football compared to the rest of them, and he's always fitter than him. He keeps going and going and going. He never gives up. He's still a bit off it yet. He's still a bit of a raw diamond because he's only nineteen. He's still a young lad, but I still think he's. He's got that ability to be a top player. He just needs to knuckle in. But he gets better every week. Like today's link-up play was a lot better. I thought he got in better positions this time. He was linking up with Baker. He seems to be the link-up man. We're just missing that creative midfielder now, aren't we? That one that can hit the ball and create a chance. Now, the rest of it's sorted for me. And I'm sorry, it's the end of, it's the end of Ben Pearson for me. I mean, who would you put Ben Pearson in for now, Anne? Uh, I would. I wouldn't have Ben Pearson in for anybody. I. I would agree with you. I think Ben Pearson uh, slows down the play. I think it's a problem because he does that, and I would let him go. And I think there'll be takers for Ben Pearson. I genuinely think there'll be takers for Ben Pearson, and I hope there is because not only does he slow down the play. I mean, you can't. You, you, he's an accident waiting to happen in cards. Bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about transfers after when we've gone through all these. Now, Haksabanovic. How can I say, what can I say about Haksabanovic? Uh, I don't think he actually got into the game too much. He tries. Uh, I think the best thing I can say about him is he was, he was a bit anonymous. But when he's got the ball, he reminds me of Arnie. He can... Ch- he can turn the game but I just think he, he makes too many wrong decisions when he's got the ball does that make sense? yeah it does I, I think he's a player that is just lacking a bit of confidence because he hasn't played a lot of football has he and it, let's be honest he failed at the Tim Pot Club in Glasgow I'm not I, letting you say that much longer you know Unless you mean Glasgow Rangers. No, no, wanna... not the Marty Rangers you know they're the top team in Scotland and you know that but Aksabanovic there's a player in there and I think once he gets a goal and gets up and running, I think he'll be a very good player. The problem is, have we got time? Because, of, of course, if, if he was a permanent player, I'd be over the moon with him. Because I think once yeah. he gets a run, and once he gets a few goals, and get, I think he'll kick in and be a good addition for Stoke. Right, would you buy him? I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think there's a real player there. I like his movement, he gets in good positions, but he's making the wrong decision. But I can remember somebody said it a while ago on, on a programme I was watching. If players get in good positions, they just lack confidence. And I think once he's confident, he'll create chances and he'll take chances. He's been in, And this is where I'm always a bit funny about signing players like Axel Because we've done it so many times. Let's have a look at the list. Jack Clark and who, who are the others? Like Rabbi Matondo and so many others. Simi. These players who haven't been in and out of football and have come on loan rather than making a permanent deal and they've gone on to do better once they've got those routines. Like Matondo's playing well for Rangers, Jack Clark's the best player at Sunderland and Simmer is now, you know, the best player in Scotland at Rangers. That That's the thing with it, so that we, we bring these players in on loan when they should be permanent acquisitions where we can develop them and improve them. But instead we get them in on loan and they're not ready because they need to get the red round the game and they've got to get the red round how they play and I can see that with Aksabanovic I think he's a top level player that just needs to get some confidence back in his game and get trusted again but the problem is when your loan player's in you're going to prefer a Vidigal because we spent a million on him so we're going to be pushing him rather than Aksabanovic if it was up to me I would have probably have left Vidigal in Portugal and moved for someone like Aksabanovic to try and get his confidence up and let that ability come out again 
rather than loading him in and then getting him fit for Celtic next year where he starts playing well for them and we go, oh, another opportunity missed. Because we should have signed Clark, we should have signed Matondo. These were quality players that were just lacking confidence. But we loaned him in rather than making him permanent. And then they've gone off to other clubs who have taken that gamble and they've done well, especially Jack Clark. He's probably one of the best inverted wingers in the Championship. We had him and played him on the wrong wing. We played him on the right and he, he, he didn't interfere with the game. So I, I believe Aksabanovic, I would take him permanently because I think he's, one, he's another one of them that just needs to knuckle his game down and learn to play again and get his confidence up. And I think he'll become a good player. Okay, I'll go with that. Right, now we move into... Now, I'll be honest, I'd put a cheeky little question on this, Ange, on the, on the Twitter page just to see what the answer was. And the question was, who's the best player out of these four? And it was Michael Ricketts, Kyle Lightbourne, Wesley, or Vincent Pericard? Right, well, I don't really want to get involved. I would have picked Kyle Lightbourne. I don't want to <laughs> uh, get too involved in that. But the one thing I will say about Wesley is I know he's had a massive injury. Right? We all know he's had a massive injury. We all know that that has taken some of his pace. But in terms of £20 million pounds for him. Wow. Uh, we've made some gas in the past with Imbula, for example, uh, Vimmer. But my word, um, how can I put it? In a word, he's not proving to be a wonderful success. Listen, he had one shot that was a flash. You remember those shots that flashed past the left-hand post as most people looking at it? Yeah, it was a good effort, yeah. It was a good effort. That was the one effort. He's no pace. Half the time, I don't think he looks that interested, but that could just be uh, his mannerisms. Um, when he holds up the ball, as I've said before, you have to go 30 yards to catch it. He had that one chance with the header, which he blew. Do you remember the header that he sort of, I don't know what he did, but it bounced up in the air, the keeper got it easily. For me, there is no chance that he is going to be in the starting eleven for our football team. I'm glad we've only got him for 12 months. I wish him all the best. There's a part of me that wonders why he battled on if his injury was that bad. But for me, he's getting a five. And that's just because it was a cup game. I'll go over four. I thought he was woeful, and I thought his, his touch was horrific. I mean, that spoon of an header, he, he reminded me of Pericard. He was terrible at heading for a tall, powerful man. He's, he, was, he was okay at linking up and holding the ball up outside the box. But then when you were looking up, we were breaking, trying to break towards the box, and this is probably a big problem why Aksabanovic was a bit, a bit lost because he got the ball and Wesley was still standing in the position he passed him in, and you're thinking, why aren't you breaking into the box? That's the biggest frustration with me, which is why I can't stand him because he, because Michael Ricketts was like that, but he was that lacking in confidence. Very similar players actually, in fact, if you think about it, Ricketts and Wesley had brilliant starts to the career, got an injury and. It all fell apart. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Ange. I think he struggled to get in the struggle to get in a League Two team with the way he plays. It's his movement. Now I know he hasn't got pace, but a player like that doesn't really need pace. It's about getting in the box and making a nuisance to yourself. But he, he isn't getting in the box. He's like lumbering around outside and jogging in, and you know, well, actually. Well, I mean, it could be lack of confidence, but how long? you're going to have you when you're a striker it's different from other positions on the pitch and when you're a midfielder or you're in, making a couple of good passes will get your confidence back up but a striker you've got to get goals you score a goal you you, you think right I'm back but Wesley's slowly been getting worse for me like at the start of the season when we were watching him play he was a bit of a nuisance yeah he didn't have the the true ability but he was getting in the box and he was he was jostling and it was creating space for other players but now he's doing nothing even when corners were coming in he was sort of just standing around rather than moving to try and get a bit of space you can't play like that if you want to be a top player and the thing is if he's played for Brazil I've got a cracking chance of getting in that Wales Wales squad for the Euros right so we're going to the substitutions and Larice on the 45th minute came off uh, McNally yeah, uh, McNally worries me still. I just, all 
always think there's a disaster waiting to happen. He always manages to mess up a, a shot or something. I'm going to give McNally a four. I think you're being very nice there. I'm going to go on for three, to be honest with McNally. It was a tough day for the lad. He, he missed out on two headers. I thought he was at fault for a lot of the break-in play. He kept giving the ball away. Ben Wilmot coming back and, and, and another defender by the looks of it coming in, pretty imminent. Is it better off really of saying, giving McNally back and using them wages to maybe bring another player in on loan? Maybe a midfielder to replace an injured one or, or a striker. Is, is there a possibility we could cut his deal now? Honestly, I don't know. But there's going to be one or two changes in the second half of the season. And he either has to get better or I think we, we're going to struggle with him. I, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with him. I really don't. Yeah. I, I'm not a biggest fan. I don't mind McNally. I think he's, he's done all right. It seems like he's got a problem with concentration. I don't know if it's because he's young or... I don't know. It seems like he loses focus a bit. Remember like John Stones when he was breaking through? He had them laps of concentration where he'd make mistakes and concede a goal. And it seems like McNally's got the same problem for me. So I would rather his wages go on a new player as we've now got Wilmot back. Right, so now we're moving to Vidigal for Rose on the 46 minutes. He had a lot of energy. He ran around a lot for a few minutes. I'm not sure he's a right wing back, but he did try to play as a right wing back, and you have to give him credit for that. Um, it didn't last too long, his, his ability to whiz around, did it? Um, he just disappears, doesn't he? He just disappears out of the play, and, and I do think he's a bit like um, he's one of these fair weather players. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. I think he just likes the warmth on his back and the sun. I don't think he's a mad keen on the on the cold weather. Having said that, as I said, he was playing in a position that was alien to him. But I, d I don't think he's going to be the, the saviour that we thought. Five. He was lively at the first bit when he came on. Yeah, he's, he's not a wing-back, but I don't think his position was to do that. I think it was... Every cross was poor. Every time he, he was supposed to be delivering a ball, he made the wrong choice. Now, I know he's... He's quite strange to the right side from what I've looked at his record. But to be fair, I do prefer him on the right side. He's just got to improve his crossing. And I know it's alien to a, like a fully inverted wingy. Vinegal, I like him on the right, but he's got to improve his crossing. And this is the problem, and We brought wingers in that can't cross a ball. Yeah, I agree. But also, we also need a set-piece coach that can uh, prove how you get the ball past the first man. I'm sorry. Hoover took a couple of corners that the first man, and I'm not just blaming Hoover, it happens with lots of people that we have come to Stoke. Suddenly, everybody on the most look 19 foot tall. But some of these corners we take, the blokes almost have to bend down to get them because they're so poor. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to digress too much because I actually thought we played quite well. Yeah, well, I thought we did. Ryan May for Haksabanovic on the 58th minute. I didn't think it was a... Well, let's just say it wasn't his greatest game. I thought for all his physicality that he does have, that he's used in the last couple of matches, look, it was just night and day. They're a completely better team than us. I thought he was quite poor, in all honesty. Um, and I'm giving him a five as well. And he's lucky to get that. Same way as DJ is and Wesley is. Five. I'm worried about Ryan May with the lack of ability he seems to have if constaining good performances. Performance it just lacked come on with like plenty of running around, but he wasn't he wasn't involved, was he? Now I understand because Brighton had kicked into fourth gear, aren't they, at that point and they were they were flying. They were just ripping through us like we were nothing. But May needed to, to make himself available and the problem was he was doing a lot of walking around next to defenders yesterday. Yeah. And whenever he did get the ball he had too much to do instantly. Benny Gafobi was terrible for that, you know, standing in between two defenders and standing next to a defender and then gets the ball and then wonders why he's been tackled. Ryan May had that problem yesterday and he's got to improve his game, I'm sorry. it's He's too hot and cold for me, Ryan May. I think there's a good player in there, but I just don't think he's good enough for this level. I think that's the problem with a few of these signings we've made. Players like Vidigal and players like Larice and a few others of them, are the... 
I think that okay if they were, if if we were a League One club, I think Vidigal would be dangerous. I think he'd be a top player in that level. I think same with Ryan May. But the problem is we're not, and it seems like to me we've wasted a bit of money again here, Ange. If we're going to look forward, because I mean he came up, some of these players came up against Brighton, and it was like men against boys. Once when they came up against their defence. Yeah, but look, you're talking about Brighton, right? Joe Pedro, who scored two very good goals. There's only Mo Salah and Haaland that have scored more goals across all the competitions this year, um, or last year as it was, last season, this season. Um, so the last part of this season. That says the quality we're up against. You've got that Ferguson who's going to be a class player. You've got Billy Gilmore. You've got all the good players. Pascal Gross, <coughs> excuse me. They were a different, literally a different league to us. Oh yeah, they, they, they've got quality players and, and that's because of how they sign players. And now now we've all seen it first hand how good they are. You know, yesterday they were in third gear for, what, 70 minutes and then kicked into fourth and they were, four, they were winning 4-2. It, it's just how it is. Right, so now Nathan Lowe for Wesley on the 75th minute. Now I preferred, I thought this improved things a bit, Anne. I didn't think he did much at all. Um... Uh, in fact, I didn't, I didn't think he hardly touched the ball, did he? I, I honestly believe that somebody like him and Sadibi need to go out on loan because that's the only way they're going to get sufficient games to improve them. That's just my opinion. I thought it was a shame that he... he well, listen, he didn't get much chance to do much, but he didn't do much. And when you look at that Ferguson and you look at Lowe, that's the difference. That's the bar you're working under. And again, I'm going to give him five. Uh, I'll go five. I, I thought he improved things a lot better. I thought he was better than Wesley. I thought he held the ball up better. I thought he was making good movements. He was trying He was trying to get on the end of things, is what I'm saying, which I think was an improvement for what the other 75 minutes where Wesley was just wandering round. Um, I, I, like, yeah, I agree with you, but I would, I'd leave it till the end of the season now if we're going to loan these kind of players out because, for my personal opinion, I'd rather have... I'd rather kick... Wesley out on loan and have Nathan Lowe on the bench till the end of the season till we can regroup and bring new players in because I, I just don't think Wesley there's no point in playing him I, do, I don't see the point in playing a Wesley because at least Lowe which has proven this season because he's scored more goals than Wesley so yeah. for me I'd rather see a Lowe on the bench till we can bring if we can bring two strikers in then fair enough I'd go let Wesley go and let Lowe, let Wesley and Lowe go out on loan till, and then Wesley goes off at the end of the season and then we regroup and try get Lowe out on a good season-long loan where he can get some game time. It, until that happens, I, I would keep him around. And, I'd, and same with Sidibe as well. I think I'd rather have Sidibe on the bench than a Daniel Johnson that, for me, has finished. I, I just don't see the point in Daniel Johnson. I think I, Honestly, I think he's done. I think he's more of an hindrance than he is an help when he plays. He helps the opposition rather than us. Yeah, well, I'm not disagreeing with you. But, you know... We've got him, and he's going to be used if, if he doesn't go. He will be on the bench at the, at the very least. Yeah, but it's, that's what I don't agree with. I mean, if he, I'd rather him sit in the reserves and give Sadibi a go, because Sadibi's done nothing wrong not be in and around the team for me. And I'm wondering if Schumacher yeah. is going to be one of those that doesn't give you a chance. No, I don't think that'll happen. I, I do actually think when you look at the players we've got, I think we've got some, some good youthful players. I mean... Um, you've got Junior, you've got uh, Chamadu, you've got Beijun Ho, and you've got Berger, and they are the three good players. And we're going to come on to another player that I thought was quite impressive when he came on in his cameo role, but let's get these subs out of the way. McCarran for Johnson. Now, this, uh, uh, this is his debut, a year and a half after joining from Leeds, and I'll be honest, Correct. I was quite impressed. Now, I thought he did really well for a young lad who's waited so long, who got pilloried at the Vale, who played, he went on loan to the Vale, played two cup games, two first team games. This guy has played in Premier League football. Bielsa gave him a start for Leeds in the Premier League, or, or put him on in the Premier League match. So he's got to have something about him. And I actually thought he did okay. And he could fill the role as a, as a wing-back or a full-back. So I'm not closing the door on McCarran. I, I, you know, that was a signing made, made by Michael O'Neill, who 
promised him first team football, and then Mike Landfield left, and Alex Neal clearly didn't rate him. I thought he was a decent debut. He tried to get forward, and I'm giving him a six. I'll give him a six, actually. I thought he was trying to get involved in everything. He was bombing up and down that left side better than anyone I've seen this season. I'll be, I'll push it forward. I want him to start next game. Unless we can get a left-back in from now till the next game, I'd play him. I'd give him a start after that. I liked his energy. He was always trying to get involved. He was always asking for the ball. He was trying to break forward. And he was up against Brighton. I think against championship sides, I think he'll be decent. I was very... Even though he was only on for a bit, I was very impressed. That's why I gave him a six. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe, where's this lad been, Ange? When we've been playing Buddy Johnson now. What's going on? Ah. Right, so now last substitutes. Sidibe for Bakey. I didn't think Sidibe had his greatest game. Uh, I thought he looked a bit jaded. I don't know why that would be. Maybe he's played a lot of reserve team football or maybe he wasn't just up to speed. Uh I've seen him play much better, but again, you're up against a different class of player, um, and um, I would give him uh, five because I thought he was slightly anonymous when he came on. So a five for me. Yeah, a five for me. Nice to see him back. I didn't think he did anything wrong to be sidelined into the youth team, but he's been brilliant for the youth team. To be fair, and he has played a lot of football recently. To be fair, which is probably why he's a bit more jaded. Um, him and Jojic apparently doing extremely well in the youth team, which is good. It's, it's good that we're producing a couple of young players for me. Uh, he didn't have a lot of time, and to be fair, he, he, he hasn't played for a while. I think it was last November once he got a substitute appearance. But, yeah, I was impressed with Sadibi. I'll give him a five. I think he's better than a lot of players we've got. Right, the substitutions that didn't come on, Bonham, Gale and Jojic. Now, I wanted to see Jojic and... Because I've, I've heard nothing but good things about him in the youth team. Well, I don't know anything. I'll be honest, though. I know nothing about him. Um, so I can't comment at all. But I'd like to see him. Yeah, I want to see him play. Right, so the overall team performance, Ange. What rating? Uh, I'll give them a seven for effort. I'll go, I'll go six. Um, first half, nine. Second half four, I thought we were completely outclassed, but let's be honest, look who we were playing. We, we can't hold anything against him. Right, now, the, the referee. Well, I thought part, he was a bit strange. I thought some of his decisions were appalling, like all referees, because they were against us. And some were OK. Um, I'm going to give him a seven. He gave us a penalty, I thought it was harsh. Yeah, and I'll give it. I'll give him a. I'll give him a six. I, I think he let the game flow. I didn't think he did anything too bad. Uh, the penalty was straight on it to give it. So yeah, just middle of the road. It was all right, wasn't he? Uh, right, Mr. Schumacher. First defeat. What's his first defeat score? Uh, seven. Seven. Right, I'll go in with a six again. Um, Why? Personally, I wanted to see... I don't understand why he played Wesley, to be honest. And I, I don't understand... I, I'll give him credit to the doubts, and I will, I will give him that. Because he did play... He doesn't know the players yet, does he? He's still learning the players. But but if he doesn't understand Wesley isn't good enough as a striker for this level, I, I'm a bit worried. I thought... I, I did like his subject. All right, I'll put it up to a seven, because I did like that he was bringing the young lads in. And I, I thought we played well first off, but I, I don't know. We just haven't got the players yet, have we, Andrew? I can't blame him for that. So he gets above average more, but we did really fall off after the when Brighton went to fourth gear. And I think he should have maybe dropped us a bit more defensively. I don't know. I thought it was we were wide open for a lot of that. Brighton were just ripping us apart and we didn't seem to be able to handle it. And no change made it any better. For me, so it's, it's just one of them. Uh, right, so before we move into the transfer rumours and talk, the poll have gone up. I'll tell you now. Kyle Lightbourne won 75%. Pericard came second with 25%. And there was no, and it's a, it's a grandstand finish for both of them, as Wesley and Ricky. It's got no votes at all. 
So there's your answer if he was the best player. So you won Ange, there you are, Carl Lightbourne. Yay, get in! <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> right, so thanks to the fans. If you want to get involved, you know where we are in X. Get on there and I'll, I'll put things silly little <laughs> polls up like that every every week. Sometimes maybe twice a day. Right, so now we move into the transfer window. So one's in, that's Iverson. And there's heavy rumours that... Iverson. I, sorry, Iverson. I mean, what, so what was the... What was the striker at Tottenham called? Well, we're not right, then. <laughs> well, I know he's about 50 now, Anne. <laughs> I'd, I'd I think I'd prefer him to Wesley, though, to be honest, even at that age. Yeah. Right, so it looks like Kundal's coming in. There's heavy rumours that that might be done this week. He's apparently today said to Rata, the Plymouth squad, and is on the way back to say bye to the Wolves players and staff. What do we think of this player? I know, listen, again, people are going to laugh at this, but I don't know enough about him to make a, an informed opinion. What I do know is that Schumacher said we need another couple of attacking players. He's a midfielder. Is he attacking midfielder? Uh, then maybe he'll cover both roles. But we, we, we need... If we're getting him in, and everybody says he would be a good person to get in, then one of the midfielders has to go. At least one of the midfielders has to go. We can't keep... We could put out a virtual team of midfielders now. Well, well I could go a bit more into him. So he, he started at Burnley as a youth player, joined Wolves and then broke into their team. He's made four appearances for Wolves. Um, last season, he was at Swansea where he made 32 appearances, scored five goals. And then this season, he's already played 21 games for Plymouth and already scored three. So, and he's only 21, Ange. So, wherever he's been, he's impressed. This this could be the right man, Ange. Yeah, well, anybody could be the right man. But bear in mind, we got Gale and we thought he'd be prolific. And he's another one I think we should let go in the window if anybody will have him. I know that, I know that. But he's 21, Ange. There's plenty of room to develop there. I think it's we're moving in the right step now. I think instead of... You know, going for has-beens and free transfers. We're looking at quality now. We're bringing it in. There's a couple of players we'll, we'll go through after. But okay. I think a permanent deal for this kind of player, I think it's a good deal, personally. He's good. He's, like I say, he's only 21. You know, apparently we're getting him for 1.5 million. I rate that. I, I do. I think that's okay. a good... So I, well, yeah, I'll go with that. But I just think we could get by with the midfield we have. If it's a, if it's a case of having a midfielder or two strikers and a left-back, I go that route, but I take him if, if we could, if we know we can get rid of some of the others. Well, I think I think like there's a chance because I think yeah, um, I think there is rumours that Plymouth want to replace him with Daniel Johnson on loan. So I don't yeah, know if that. I'll, I'll, give, I'll throw him in, but there you go. That's that's something we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we don't know how true it is yet, but if they lose Cundall, he might have a bit of money, and you never know. A bit of hope and a prey they can. You know, give us one of their lovely ginsters pasties and they can have Daniel Johnson. <laughs> right, so the next player we've been linked to is Kwam Abdefour Poku, a midfielder who plays at Peterborough United. He is 20. Well, I hope we sign him just so that you have to keep mentioning his name again. I know. I'll well, I feel like um, Mr. Johnson then when I said that. But like I say, he, he broke through the youth, uh, youth levels at Cray Wanderers in the non-league, then moved his way up to Worthington, then very quickly impressed to get at Colchester United. He's played 62 times for Colchester United with seven goals and then joined Peterborough in, tw in 2021 and has played... 81 times for them with 16 goals. So he's a goal-scoring midfielder, Ange. And he's played a lot of football for a lad who's only 22. All right. I'm excited, Ange. Get them both in. Get them in. He's a midfielder. He's a, yeah, he's a central midfielder, yeah. Well, we don't want it. We, we do, don't we do, Ange. We, we do. We don't with midfielders. But we need, we need no, good midfielders. We need a left-back. Yeah, but that, that could come next, Ange. There's plenty of time. Yeah, but Ange, we need we need quality midfielders. I know we've got midfielders, but half of them are crap, Ange. We've got these two are yeah. talented young players. They could be worth millions. 
in the future, yeah. especially with the progression. Yeah. Paku. Another, another yeah, but Berahino was was a problem case. We knew that he hadn't played a game for for nearly a year. <laughs> That's just stupidity. Yeah. This lads, these yeah. two lads are playing regular football. They're young and they're impressing. It's like it's it's a, they are ideal because they are like junior. They've impressed at the levels they're impressed at, and they could be really important players for us. I'd rather them in. Maybe Poku can come in and we can get rid of Bacon. Get him in. No more of this. We, we we don't need him. Let's get let's get him in. Right. The next one is Whitaker from Plymouth. Now Schumacher has really raved about this lad. Can say he can play as a cam, can play on the right, can play on the left, and can play as a striker. Is this your man, Ange? Well, I said if you won't remember when we talked about this last week, he's the guy I would go for. A lot of people will pick him just because of the the Schumacher link and and the link with the. With Plymouth, but um, I don't know what his release clause is. He's, I think he's got three and a half years left on his deal, but he's not very old, is he? What is he? Um, 22. He's actually 22. They'll be looking five or six million for him minimum. Well, I don't think Stoke will go that high. Get the money out. Get the. Get. get, get. That's not your money, and there's FFP. And you're just a typical bloke in the new year. Let's just put it all on the credit card. You can't do that with FFP. You, you can't. You nearly had the fingers burnt before. You're not having him, so get on with him. No, Ams, we're having him. He's coming in. He's going to be the new hero. Okay. okay. <laughs> and the left back, I've heard there's, there's rumours of a left back in Portugal, but I don't know. I don't know his name, to be honest. I've just heard there's links to a left back in thingy. And we've been, we were linked. That's but he, not a Portuguese name, Ian. Well, I know. not a Portuguese <laughs> name. I don't know who he is, Ange. I just heard there's rumours and links right. to a player, but I don't, I don't, until I find out, I will put it up on the page when I do, but I don't know anything yet. But they're the links so far. Now, I would take all three of them, the young, the prospect, they look good, and I'd pay whatever. Well, not whatever. I'm not, I, don't, I don't say, like, throw serious money at it, but I think, I think Whitaker. If we get him for six million, I think that's worth it. And then try and get players out then, because I'm hearing Peterborough are actually about to lose Clark from from there as well. And but Stoke have actually been linked as well, because his deal's up at the end of the season. He's one of the most prolific players to ever play in League One, and he actually scored fourteen goals in the Championship in that relegation season he had with Peterborough. We would get him cheap. Now, Exeter apparently... Clark Harris? Yeah. Are you talking about Clark Harris? Clark Harris, yeah. Now, yeah, not Clark Fingy. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not professional. I can be, but not when I'm on the, off the cuff. But Clark Harris, I would take him. Yeah, OK, I think I would too. I mean, he's got the experience. He's, he's scored a hell of a lot of goals and he's a natural predator at scoring. So, you know, if we can get rid of Gale, go for him for me. You know, th these are the kind of players we should be looking at now because he's still playing football. He's not a player that... Because when we look at Gale and we look at the other strikers we brought in, none of them are lethal, whereas this lad is. I mean, he's scored 100 and some goals in League One. So Exeter are favourites at the moment, but apparently Stoke are interested. Apparently Schumacher Lights wanted to sign him when he was at Plymouth. He, was, he wanted him as his number one target, but since he's coming to Stoke... You might want to move that move that transfer to Stoke. I mean, I'd take that. Maybe on a, just a short deal, just to see how he gets on. But I'd take that. And that's the latest news. Unless you've heard any more rumours, Ange, on on players. Well, I have actually, uh, and this obviously everybody listening to the podcast has to keep this under their hat. Bingy is actually Spanish. He's not Portuguese. You're just not funny, Ange. This is the problem I'm having with you. This is the problem. You're just not getting the gist. Fingy is a right. top player, and he's actually finished. Right, well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But won a penalty, we are struggling to score, and we've got to have a very quick couple of minutes, I know that we're playing Rotherham this weekend, which is a massive game, right? but we are struggling to score from open play, and we have to start scoring from open play, there's 20, what, 20 matches left? We have to start scoring from open play to get us away 
from what could be a very difficult end of season because other clubs are coming good. And that's my concern, that we get somebody in that can score some goals for us. Clark Harris, there's your answer. Yeah, OK, Clark Harris and Thingy from Portugal. Or well, well, he's a top left-back, Andrew, and he's finished, actually. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I did put the question up on, on the Twitter page, and they've said, pretty much everyone's agreed, he said, we just we just aren't creating chances. And I think we put the put us finger on why. I mean, it's coming down to the final thirds, isn't it? It's coming down to the wingers we've brought in. They aren't creating any finance. They aren't getting in. They're getting in positions. It's the balls they're putting in. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can all you can talk about that all you like. And there's something else that bothers me. Right, we're not scoring, and and they are linked. Just hear me. Last night, sorry, in the game yesterday, I think it was. 16,000, what was it now? I can't remember. I've got it in my notes somewhere. I sh- should have had it, have it written down. 16,000 and something, the uh, the attendance yesterday for, for the Stoke game. Right? Yeah. Everybody thinks that, that's not bad for the third round of the FA Cup. But we sold just over 8,000 tickets, right? And they brought 4,000 fans. And we had uh, kids for a quid up to the age of 11. Right? That, to me, is a bit of a worry when you think we've got a new manager, we're having a bit of a manager bounce, and I know other clubs didn't have a, a great time in terms of fans going in, but when you buy a season ticket and the prices are going up and ours haven't, that proves it isn't just about the prices I know people are struggling after Christmas and New Year. I know people, a lot of people probably wouldn't have thought uh, Stoke would win that match. But it's your chance to take your kids or go and see a club that's in Europe. And I just think it's it's an indication that people are losing a bit of faith with football at the Bet365. Well, we know that. I do, honestly. We, we, we do. I, I do, but it's a worry. You've got a new manager in. You've got a new manager in and you've got a bit of a bounce, one we haven't had for years. And I just wonder that, let's say we don't beat Rotherham, let's say we don't have a great result against Birmingham, you've not only then up against the opposing team and the attendance was 13,651, right? You're then not only up against the team, you're up against your own fans. It's a bit of a worry for me. Uh, and we've got to uh, do our, our bit off the pitch as well as on the pitch. Yeah, but that comes down with modern football, Andrew. I think a lot of it comes down to it's, it's who you sign and who you, who you bring in. And it's it, the problem is, Andrew, it's been such a decline from where we've come from over the last seven years. There's been a couple of bumps up. I think people have just had enough. And I think if we got some good form together, that ground will be rammed again. I think the problem is when it's such a decline, People think, and we've said it ourselves. Sometimes we think, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather go shopping today than go down Stoke. I'd rather go. I mean, sometimes I thought to myself, I'd rather go work and watch Stoke. That's how bad it was getting because it, it was, it was garbage. And I think once, if Schumacher can be the the man and turn us round and start getting good performances and bringing quality players in, and we start moving up the league and start impressing. The fans will come back, and They will. We know what they like because this happened before, didn't it? Because we had these, we had these attendances when, you know, when Purely City's first stint and when we're in the the old League One days. I remember as a young lad looking round and all the seats were empty. I, I remember one day my, my dad just plotted me and him in, in the middle of loads of seats on his own because he goes, well, "Why are we here? Just want a bit of space, son. Bit of space. We need no what? Well, it's <laughs> just for us." And it, but he'd come back as soon as we had that great run and we ended up finishing second that year should have won the title mind everybody come back the stadium was rammed the atmosphere was incredible it was electric it'll come back it's just we need to start giving the fans something to come back for and that's what'll happen because they will come back Ange. all those ones who, who they call fair weather ones they will come back once we start kicking in and we start winning games again the problem is, there's been so many false dawns. We had that false, the two false dawns with Alex Neal. We had a couple of false dawns with Michael O'Neill, and 
you know, even if you look, the gates did go up. But it hasn't been a massive bounce hands. We've only won one of those games under Schumacher. It's been draws. So if we if he can go on a run now in this new year and get three, four wins on the bounce, that place will be rammed and it'll be loud again. That's how I guarantee you that. Well, I'm glad. So before we finish now, because uh, you've got to edit all this, are we having a score prediction for Rotherham? Well, it's 2-2 two, two at the moment, so we're going to have to get a winnie. Might be a, might be a tight affair again. Rotherham, now we've smashed these twice now, aren't we? So we're due a defeat, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, no, in all seriousness, I think we'll win it 2-0. Right. I think we'll make a draw on each. A draw? Yeah, I do, honestly. We've beaten 5-1-6, one, Ange. I think we'll make a draw. So you're, you can't just say draw, you've got to say score of them. It's score prediction. One each. One each. You're getting one each. I'm getting 2-0. I'll be 3-2 up by this time next week. Right. right, well, listen, everybody, thank you very, very much for putting up with us. Is that it, Ange? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just thought you'd talk over me again like you normally do. Never do that, Ange. Right, so everybody, thanks for listening. You know where we are, you know the socials, just put the Potters podcast in, come and join, get a part of it. And you can be a part of the stupid polls that I put up now and again, like the megastar Carl Whiteborn, who's won this week. So, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you after Robert. Go on the slope. Ta-ra. All the best.